guys. Get hyped. Get hyped. The New York Knickerbockers are finally in the playoffs. I don't know about you, but I'm extremely excited, as should you if you're listening to this podcast, because you are a Knicks fan. And if you are a Knicks fan, you know the torture that we've gone through for the last eight years where we haven't had the Knicks in the playoffs since the 2012-2013 season where we had the Knicks tape era with Carmelo Anthony, Mon Shumpert, J.R. Smith, Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, Pablo Prigioni. All right? We missed those guys. Sure. That was, that was a lot of fun. 54 wins. Atlanta won the division. But years after that, we haven't had anything else. We haven't had anything else to remotely like close to root for as an entire team that was that showed some sort of competence of moving in the right direction. We had Phil Jackson, we had Steve Mills, we had Derek Fisher, we had Jed Hornacek, we had David Fisdale, we had a bunch of guys who just it, it was just not even middling. It was just below average basketball play, and now we finally have something with Tom Thibodeau, Julius Randle, who have led this team to being in the top six of the Eastern Conference. And you know what that means? This is a good team. We don't have to discuss anymore if this is a good team, whether it's not as we were doing throughout the, the middle of the season, because guess what? We are a good team. The fact that we are in the top six of the Eastern Conference and have clinched a playoff spot, have a winning record, we are a good team. And we should embrace that. And we should be ecstatic because the New York Knicks are a good team. All right? Come on now. The Knicks are 38 and 31. Seven games over 500. No one thought that was coming. No one believed in us. Vegas had us at 22 and a half. Most people thought we would be less. Heck, I thought we would only get 24 wins. We did better than that. So let's be excited. Let's get amped. Let's get ready for some playoff basketball. Because it's been so long. And I'm ready to watch the Knicks dance. I'm ready to watch the New York Knicks cause havoc in the playoffs because you know, with their style of play, gritty defense, slow the game down, muck it up. They're not going to make it easy for anyone. How far the New York Knicks get, we'll see. But even if they don't get that far, I know the team that they have to play, that team will be tired. That team will have to have gone through the gauntlet of the New York Knicks because they will just grind it out. Just think what Chris Paul says. They don't give up, they don't give you an inch. Each possession matters. It is like playoff basketball. We are here. Get ready. Get excited. Because I am, and you should be too. That's all I gotta say on this. But before we get into the episode, just gotta give you a little heads up of what we did today. John and I had Andrew Claudio, producer of Nick's Film School, former host of Final Score Podcast with us, to discuss the state of the New York Knicks. This is before knowing that they fully clinched a playoff spot. But even, but even still, it is a great episode. Make sure to check it out. Make sure. I hope you guys enjoy it. We had a great conversation with Andrew. We talked about playoff matchups. We talked about the current state of the New York Knicks. We talked about the remainder of this schedule. So enjoy it. Hope you guys do. Let us know what you guys think. It was a great conversation. All right. And with that, all I have to say before I let you guys listen to this podcast and listen to the episode, 
We here, baby. As Julius Randle said, we here. New York, we're here. All right, everyone. Enjoy the episode. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Chateris here with another Knicks episode and Jets episode, actually. We're going to do both today because we got a special guest of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with a plan, John Malika. John, the man who is probably standing alone on the Alfred Payton Island. Uh, <laughs> no. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you feeling today? I'm good, man. We have like I feel like I have like a like a day off with everyone. Like the Jets are off, the Knicks are off, the Yankees are off, even the Double A Yankees are. Off. Everyone's off. I feel like we're just we're, we're just hanging out right now. We're just we're on positive vibes. Look, looking ahead to the future. How can you not be on positive vibes after the New York Knicks defeated the L.A. Clippers in their home arena, where there was more Knicks fans that it sounded like than actually Clippers fans? But we all know Clippers fans are like Nets fans. They barely exist. All right, but John. Clippers games are straight up exactly like Nets games. When you go, I've been to both. They are identical. Isn't it weird too? Like they got kind of the same color scheme going on with that black, like that LA. It's it's kind of weird. I I don't I don't really get it. I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Like I get what they're trying to do. Like I get it's trying to be a tribute to like a whole hip hop culture. Dude, they have to cover the banners. Like, what do you want them to do? So they just put the players' faces on it. Tough. (laughs) Tough out there. So sad. But you know what, John? We got a special guest with us today because he's not only a Knicks fan. He's also a Jets fan. He, he may be a Mets fan. Everywhere. He feels our pain may, from everywhere. <laughs> he may be a Mets fan while we're Yankees fans, but he feels double the pain that we've experienced with the Knicks and the Jets. We got none other than Andrew Claudio, producer of Knicks Film School with us, former host of Final Score with us today. Andrew, how are you feeling today, my man? New York, we here. I love it. I love that energy. Yes. That is Apologies it. to your, your editing crew that is going to have to cut out my peaking. As somebody who understands that pain, I apologize. Guys, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about one team that has shown the results and the progress of the work that Thibodeau talks about. And then another team that's at the very beginning of that progress that will hopefully eventually lead to results that we're enjoying with the Knicks right now. So thank you for having me, guys. No, thank you for coming on. We we love your work, man. We we enjoyed listening to you uh, on Final Score. We love the work that you do over at Knicks Film School. All of this is just excellent work. And I see, like, I hear it and I see it, that you just hold yourself to a high standard just because mm-hmm. of the quality product you come out with. I really enjoyed Final Score because you get to talk about, you talked about football, you talked about basketball, you also talked about movies. I know you're a big Marvel fan as well. Mm-hmm. And Fun, fun fact for you, uh, okay. my fiance, she has, she's only seen very few Marvel movies. So she, uh, okay. she wanted to start from the get go of like phase one to go all the way to phase four. So we oh, start, I have we so finished many questions. I have so many questions. We ha- so we just finished phase one. We're now starting okay. with phase two and it's just, it's just been, uh, it's oh. been a, a beautiful trip. We also did the stars. We also saw all the Star Wars too, and which is Star Wars is, yeah, I know. 
Yeah. No offense to people who like Star Wars, but I, it's just so far. Okay, so let me just start with. So I'm now I'm now wanting to attack <laughs> so many different things here right now. So Star Wars, I tried to get into it when I was a mm-hmm. kid, and too many people hated the prequels. That it was like this doesn't seem fun. None of you like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Then when the new trilogy came out, when Disney bought it. I decided to try and get into it again, and everybody loved The Force Awakens. And it was like, oh, great. We can all talk about something we like. Then The Last Jedi was so polarizing, and I was on the outside of the polarization saying, oh, I kind of liked it. And both sides were like, kind of? This is a masterpiece. You liked it? It's terrible. And it's like, guys, I just had an opinion. Never mind. It's like it's like when you're, like, when you're just like a casual hockey fan, but you try to bring a hockey opinion to like the diehards please please like my sport hockey fans and it's like oh i think the rangers are shut up you don't know anything about the rangers so i just kind of tapped out and let them have their their world are you watching the mcu in release date order or in chronological order it is in chronological order so it's iron man okay okay no, iron that's man 2 that's release date uh, so what i'm saying oh, is there are okay. people that watch the mcu that rewatch the mcu in chronological order oh, oh i see what you're saying i see captain what you're america then they go to captain marvel nah, and the moment nah, nah. i hear that that you watch the third to last mcu movie <laughs> second i automatically don't care about your opinion now no, no you, you saved yourself that you didn't do that but even, <laughs> but, if, even if they watch captain america first no, because well, so Captain America isn't as unforgivable. It's the Captain Marvel second. You need yeah. to know why it's so significant that yeah. after 19, like all of a sudden you'll, you'll know right away why Nick Fury lost his eye. You'll need to know only after you see what happens with Thanos so, why Captain Marvel matters. Uh, so it frustrates me that people go, like, oh, it shouldn't matter. It's just chronological. No. You need to know how we experience this, okay? <laughs> that, uh, okay, okay. That's, fu- that's so funny. I, th- I thought that- you meant chronological as in like, with, like, Iron Man, but no, that's the way I'm watching it. Phase you're one. You're doing it correctly. You're yeah. right. Because, I, and I, I agree with you because I, that's the whole point of it. It's like, oh, we're going back in time. That's the whole point of a comic book. It's like, oh, we're in this period of time. And then you got to jump back to like learn something new that's current or future relevance. That's, mm-hmm. that's how it's always worked. I, I, no. So that's actually you? funny, funny oh, enough, gosh. funny enough. Mm-hmm. So that's the true one my fiance got into was, uh, was it, uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. That was like the first one she saw. And I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so, I was but like, like uh, not as like the rewatch, but she did see Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. Okay. Yep. So, so did you see the so MCU? Funny. Did you guys see the, MC- the, the Marvel movies as they came out in release date? Yes. So I'm actually on. It's so funny. I'm, I didn't know Alex and Dominique would do this. I'm actually on phase one by myself. Oh, <laughs> like, <God. laughs> uh, because my, so my, my brother uh, and his wife. They are huge Marvel fans. They actually okay. made, I was it, they live in California. I was actually there. Um, <laughs> I'm, this is so bad. I'm going to say, I'm so, I'm sounding Uh-oh. so bad. When the last one came out, whatever the last one was, it Endgame? Endgame. Well, technically Spider-Man, but. No, Endgame, no, no. When yes. Endgame, when Endgame came out, okay. I had not watched anything. So my, my brother sat me down and we had like the YouTube reviews because he wanted to go watch it. So we oh, did like the okay. YouTube reviews plus we watched, uh, the Avengers before that. So Infinity whatever. War, yeah. Infinity War. So like we wa- we did the reviews, watch Infinity War, and then watch Endgame. And so I was like, all right, whatever, sounds good. And we like moved on because that was like so much Marvel for like a day and a half. And then during quarantine, he's like, all right, here's my Disney Plus. Like you have no more excuses. <laughs> like figure it out. 
So I yeah. actually I did phase one. I skip. I didn't do Captain Marvel. I didn't do the Hulk. But otherwise, yeah. I did uh, full phase one. And I skip. I think I did uh, one or two in the beginning of phase two. I don't remember. Um, I, I think my my original my original reaction is that the Thor was way better than I ever expected it to be. Like the Thor original one, I thought it was going to be kind of corny, but the Thor two was exactly how corny I thought, you know, Thor was going to all be. So like, that's kind of where I'm at. I kind of stopped after that. I still have to continue, but like, that's where I'm at right now uh, in the Marvel world. These are very accurate. (laughs) descriptions of those movies and that those specifically that portion of the mcu it's really ragnarok where they figure out thor you know it's like oh he's a jock let's like he's a jock that makes jokes and we'll put him opposite the hulk (laughs) yeah he's gronk yeah Yeah. you know oh my god i never wow oh my gosh wow that is incredible thor is gronk yeah. Uh, you, you're mm, well done, John. You know, it, it, I hope I hope Gronk hears this and then is Thor if he hasn't been Thor already for Halloween, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. we can just credit John for for all. He of is this. Thor, dude. He's so, like he, he no, him and I mean, Syndergaard looks like Thor, but he doesn't really act like him. Well, yeah, there's the there's the whole being good thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh, shots fired at a guy who hasn't been good since 2016. I, by the way, I love your your you're like eh on the Hulk because really it is a. Dude, I gotta be honest. I'm not a hundred percent sure I've seen it. I know uh, it's the <laughs> Edward Norton it. Hulk. I know the post credit scene. I I vaguely remember the movie, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I've actually. I know I didn't see it in a theater, but I'm not like because I I wasn't fully aware of the MCU mm-hmm. aspect of it. I saw mm-hmm. Iron Man in 08. It came out the same year as The Dark Knight, and if people don't remember the beginning of the MCU. It was, oh, they're going to attempt this thing, which is light years away. But look what Christopher Nolan just did with Batman and the Joker. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was nowhere near like close. The, the DC Universe was running away with this race. Then two years later, Iron Man comes out or Iron Man 2 comes out. And then I think it went. I, I see I'm messing up the release order. Regardless, nobody cared about the Hulk movie because Norton didn't even like that movie. Then <laughs> once they started to like build the bridges toward the first Avengers. It's like, all right, now we're having some fun. And, you know, that's the rest is, as they say, history. So I'm Absolutely. glad you tweet me as we as you guys go through it. I'm uh, intrigued by your Oh, for sure. I think Captain again. America was my number one so far. It's a, it's a great way to start, too. That should definitely be everyone's start, in my opinion. The Iron Mans were good as well. No, no, no complaints uh, otherwise. But I, I skipped... Again, I skipped Captain Marvel as well, so I, I guess I made you happy there. I'll keep that for the end. I don't, I don't. I just, mind I just wasn't Captain like, I just Marvel. like wasn't. I just like, yeah. You know, it was like I do all the Iron Mans in order. That was good to me. You know, like I just, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get super into it. The the first Thor, I was like, okay, this second Thor, I was like, all right, I, I gotta stop this. This is tough so, right now. <laughs> I gotta take, I gotta take a, a so long break. The first Iron Man, Alex, did you see it in theaters? I did. Okay, so. Like your theater's reaction when the post credits because post credit scenes were kind of not a thing. Yeah, it was not a thing at that time. Yeah, it, and... it wasn't as we as we are now, where we're we're as an audience trained to stay until the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like Samuel L. Jackson shows up, and the nerds in the theater were like, "Oh my God, it's Nick Fury!" And I was, Who's that? And it goes the Avengers Initiative, and you would have thought. 
that somebody hit a walk-off home run that <laughs> yeah. erupted. And I was like, okay, cool. The, you know what the there's initiative. Cool. You know what the joke is, and then we can switch into to the next stuff because yeah. I, the sports because I know everyone's like, this is not a movie review uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, we're here for the Knicks and the Jets. But the funny part about that, the post credit, is that because who was it? it was oh eight? I went with my mom and my sister. Yeah, it was around that time. I went with them and. Post credit, as you said, they weren't a thing. And mm. my, my mom is like this. It's, it's two phases. Either you got to get out early or you got to wait until the end after everyone clears out. Cause we're just not going to wait in line when everyone's mm-hmm. like leaving. So we actually just, it was like that day that we decided to sit in our seats and we were one of the very few people left for a post credit scene. And we're just like, what? <laughs> like what? What's there's going more? on here? Yeah, there's there's more to this. Why is Samuel Jackson in here? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, my mom's the same way that, but now she's a little. I think it's more just the you're not going to tell me what to do type of thing. <laughs> I I would always want to leave, and she's like, no, these people made the movie. I'm going to stand stay here for their names. I'm staying until the the lights come on. It's like, all right, fine. So okay, that's nice of her. As a producer, you, I'm sure you now appreciate. Listen, now, and that, now when you I got older that. and appreciate yeah. the the credits where all of the us um, people like me get to yeah. get their name. Get up there. You're like, yes, that's my name right there. Yes, yes. there you go. Yeah. Thanks, mom. I did this. Yes. No, nah, that's awesome. Now I know nah. my mom will be the one, the one person that will definitely stay in the theater. <laughs> Wait, last question was, was was that was this shield stuff already out at that time or it was like, like brand agents new? of shield or like wherever wherever nick fury's from like the tv show right oh that's no. that, that so i don't i don't want to spoil anything so i'll, okay, I'll try okay, to... I, I was just curious if it was out at that time like was that no, like so a agents known of show? shield came out after the first avengers movie because uh, something happens in the first Avengers. oh movie okay that's that cool that's cool that's cool so you, no one had any idea know. what that was everyone was like why there Samuel was no Jackson agent... hanging out there was no Agent Carter. There was okay. no nothing on Disney. Obviously, there was nothing on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah. But like the only That's thing cool. we had up to that first Avengers movie, or at least when Iron Man came out, was that the guy from, um, uh, oh my gosh, Swingers. The guy from Swingers is directing an Iron Man movie, and he's doing it <laughs> with Robert Downey Jr., who at the time was as like volatile as yeah. Charlie Sheen. You know, so. Interesting. That cool. that was the the risk that Disney was taking, and it you know a couple billion dollars later, you know risk paid yeah. off. Paid right, off. So this might make me uh, hit up the second Captain America today or something like that. So ah. I can start moving on to phase two. Uh, Get me in the mood. Okay, yeah, Winter Soldiers. Up. I think that's, that's the next move, right? One. I don't want to give you any expectations, but Winter that's Soldiers might either one or two for me. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I heard a lot of good things about Ragnarok too, so I kind of just I kind of read the synopsis. Ragnarok's, on Thor my, number, two and Ragnarok's my number five, so I'm right there with you. Okay, cool, perfect. Yeah, I'm hyped. All right, now now that we're that we've started off talking about <laughs> speaking Marvel, talking of about movies. incredible teams that get the job done, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, speaking the of new hyped. the New York Knicks. Talk about the Avengers, man. Mm. We got our own Avengers on this team. Who actually? That's a good question. Let's 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 turn this into something even more fun. Who okay. would you say is Captain America and who is Iron Man of the New York Knicks? Right now, Andrew. Oh, wow. So Julius has to, oh, wow. So this depends on where you lean, Cap <laughs> or Iron Man. So I think the work that Julius did on his body, um, has to be like he took a super serum in the off season <laughs> and, okay. uh, ha- now, so I'll put him as the Captain America. Um, I will say RJ is Iron Man. 
Okay. Because that makes the analogy work. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then Hulk at this point. Well no, Hawkeye is uh Alfred because he's useless. Um Wow, shots yeah. fired. Listen, you have a bow and arrow, dude. The only thing people have to do to avoid like it's not like you're you you do karate. Like you have a bow and arrow. So all people have to do is just wait for you to miss, like people do with Alfred Payton. So <laughs> we don't have to slander the dude too much on this pod. Uh but uh yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Cap is is Julius, and then Iron Man is is RJ. There's who's Derek Rose in this because he needs some mm. some credit on on this analogy somewhere. Is he mm. Thor at this? Is he Hulk at this point? Is he Hulk? I don't know if he's Hulk. That's gotta be New Orleans. Like, no, 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 that's gotta be. Yeah, New that's Orleans. absolute. No, that go. definitely is. Definitely is. Not necessarily graceful, just a mm-hmm. force to be reckoned with, and you just don't want to. You know, you don't want to get him angry because you're about to get blocked all. Up in here, you know there what you I mean. I think go. I think that I think that's it. I feel like Derek Rose. I don't know. He's kind of like, especially with the post game, like wearing glasses. He's kind of giving me a Doctor Strange type <laughs> uh, of. Vibes, uh, you know old, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, like the old wise one, the sage exactly. who sees all the outcomes. I feel like that's where I'm. Or is that Taj at this point? Ooh. Okay. Now we're mm. talking. I feel like Taj is Master cooking. Splinter at this point. Master. <laughs> <laughs> now we're crossing universes, and I'm lost. Awesome. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But Andrew, at the, this team has exceeded all expectations. Everything all that, anything that you, 22 and a half was the over under by Vegas. If you told me that Julius Randle was going to come in here, cut down the amount of spin moves that we saw last season, Reggie was going to be a, a lights out shooter. Derek Rose in his second stint with the New York Knicks is going to be one of the most productive Derek Rose that we've probably seen in the last five years. I don't know how. I, you, I, I would just call you crazy. I would say you're out of your, your mind. Just don't even talk to me. I can't deal with this type of optimism. That's, oh, that's overly optimistic. And I'm pretty optimistic. It's like unrealistic what's happened this year. Mm-hmm. Cause they've gone through transformations, not even just from our preseason expectations. Every time I think this team has hit a plateau, they jump. They keep getting higher and higher. It went from, well, maybe this team can play for the 10 seed. And then it was, all right, maybe they'll, they'll definitely be in the play in tournament. Maybe I remember those the, days. Maybe in the first play in tournament. And every time I think, well, here's, here comes the losing streak. Uh, they get back to 500. Then they exceeded. Then this nine game winning streak came out of nowhere. And here we are. I think we all had a, a, a moment of, okay, here comes the sky. It's about to fall. And then they beat the Clippers on Sunday. This team continues to exceed any limitation that like you or I or the media, whether it be national or local, has put on them. And it's a testament to this group of guys that, I mean, Windhorst had this stat today that in the last 11 games that the Knicks are underdogs, they're 8-3. and three. So even if they're going to be underdogs eight, against the league, even if they're going to be underdogs in the playoffs, it doesn't mean anything. The Knicks have been underdogs all season. They continue to win. And it's made this team both fun to watch and easy to root for as a result. And with a little bit of like heart palpitations, you know, a little uh, heart in your throat, just like nervous during oh. some of these games because you want them to do well. You, you want them to exceed expectations. And when you have games like when they first started that nine game winning streak, like against Memphis, can't tell you, man. I was just sweating, like mm-hmm. absolutely sweating every single. I was like, okay, here comes Ja. Ja's going to do something, or, or it was just you didn't know what was going to happen next. But then Knicks just start 
building up wins, starting to look like a more and more competent team. Do you think this is like a result of just no – do you think if we actually had a training camp that they would have started like this at the beginning, or do you think this is just – Oh, so I actually think – I just think the fact that they didn't have a training camp means – like they've, they've kind of done this from the beginning. Like they gave us that five and three. Then they dropped to five and seven. Then it was eight and eight. And then I think the low point was, it was like eight and 11. Like they, they mm-hmm. haven't been significantly under 500 in a while. Um, I actually think, and, I, and this is not to discredit anything that's happened this year, but I think the fact that they are one of those teams that didn't have to go to the bubble actually worked yes. in their favor. You look at all the teams that have struggled this year, whether it be the Lakers or be Miami or, Boston or, or, um, like Dallas got off to a slow start. It's teams that went to the playoffs, had deep runs, and then all of a sudden, two months later, the season is starting. And I think a lot of these players thought they were coming back in February and they came back in December, you know? So I think, you know, you look at what the Knicks have done, you look at what the Suns have done, and all these teams that really didn't have to come back or ramp up their season all of a sudden for the bubble, it's benefited them. Uh, like Brooklyn is also a case of that. None of their important players went to the bubble last year. It's why they got swept in, in the first round. Um, so yeah, I actually think the no training camp has helped them, but the, to then reverse it, the fact that this is what they look like without a training camp, imagine what they're going to look like with a full off season. It's, it's been my excuse for not giving up an Obi Toppin. I want to see what this dude looks like without like, three weeks in the gym. Like he's going to have a full off season with Kenny Payne mm-hmm. and whoever the Knicks are going to throw at him to turn him into hopefully a stretch five. And then imagine what weapon he's going to be next year. Imagine what quickly he's going to be with an off season next year. Imagine what a full off season with Derek Rose on this team, hopefully um, is going to look like. So there's like, like the training camp aspect is actually an interesting one for what the future could hold for this team. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, as you're laying it all out and you're, it's a valid point, right? Nine months off, you have all this time. Julius Randle had nine months off. That's how mm-hmm. he came back in like great shape, right? We're talking about Reggie Bullock, who had, what was it? Neck, uh, neck issues last season. He can't, he comes back, had enough time to rest, came off to a slow start, but now he's really heating up where he's shooting over 40% from three. Mm-hmm. You have all these guys who, you know, well, some of them were in the playoffs. Like you have Alec Burks, right? He was with Philly towards the end. So he was in the bubble, but they got, they fizzled out early on. Yeah, I Philly wonder again, a guy that was there for, for 11, 12 games and out, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. And then you had Neuron Noel who, you know, was on that OKC team also went seven games and then had some time off. But wouldn't you say that the converse to this, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but mm-hmm. you know, if, if you have like all this time off to get ready for this season, you have other teams who are coming in, like we see the Lakers, you know, they're, they're fumbling after such a short, uh, turnaround time. The Mavs, you know, they have, they're fumbling after a short turnaround time. All these other teams, right? Do you think it would work different? Do you think there's going to be like an averaging out for the New York Knicks next season? Or do you think it's just kind of going to, this is what we should expect moving forward? Well, so I think that the point you bring up is why you have to trust the smart people that are in charge now that they know that too. That the Lakers, I mean, this is a Western, obviously the Western Conference isn't going to matter as much, but like they're not, going to be able to depend on the fact that Philly or that Boston had a short off season, that Miami had a short off season, that all these teams that are below them are going to come back with more firepower next year. And I've seen a hint of 
I don't want anybody. This is our, these are our guys. Don't add anybody to this team. I, we're coming back with the same 15 next year. And as much as I love the big 15 shirts available at <laughs> um, I, I'd love to now take a next step and go add a Kyle Lowry, add a DeRozan, add a Lonzo Ball, fingers crossed, add a Dame Lillard. Like now you go swing for the fences with this roster, but that's like, that's off season stuff. As far as the sustainability of this, Look, I, I don't know. I, I, the, this whole season's been weird. I'm just appreciating it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I also trust the people involved because legit every single move they've made has turned out to be a benefit to them. And I, I, I've, they've earned my trust that whatever they do going forward will also be the right move. For sure. I mean, we even hear, you know, when, Randall went on the Woj podcast and you hear he's talking to Leon mm-hmm. Rose, he's talking to Wes and they're saying, what do you need? I find actually it's very interesting that they asked him what he needed and then James Owen's like, all right, if this is what it's going to take for this guy to be good, <laughs> why don't you guys just come here and take the job? We- I find that very, very interesting. And the fact that he even Rose, you know, obviously he was considering, we hope we read the story by uh, Mike Borkanoff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he was considering like balancing the positive and negatives about doing it, leaving what he was doing and just giving up being a top agent, right? For an NBA agent to go right. now take on one of the biggest challenges uh, of being <laughs> president of basketball operations of the New York Knicks and trying to turn what was a franchise just in disarray to put it nicely for so many years. And I think I, I like, I'm, I'm happy. Like they got my trust for what they did. I also am all cautious because everything's just played out way too well where it's like, did they actually all calculate this where, all right, we'll, we'll be way under the, we're going to be like, we're going to have so much cash space because we are going to bet that Alec Burks is going to be our X factor. Reggie Bulk's just going to turn around. Nerlens Noel is going to have, he should be in like conversations of just being like, I want the defensive teams just for how he's been playing at the five this season. You know, all these guys are playing above their contract level. Even Derek Rose, that trade, I keep saying it. We got to talk about, we got to talk about, mm-hmm. we got to talk more how we fleeced the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. You know, we not only fleeced the LA Clippers last season with Mook <laughs> and getting quickly out of it. Yeah. But we also fleeced the Detroit Pistons. Are we just now on this track of just fleecing teams and no one's just, you know, ready to like give us credit because that's something that hasn't even been talked about real. Like as fan, as a, as fans, we talk about that. We, we noticed it. We're like, Whoa, look what Mook brought us. Right. We, we, right. uh, bench warmer, uh, uh, you know, they show the, the whole Zingas flow chart, thread, the yeah. whole, the whole <laughs> Porzingis thread. You're like, Oh, okay. This is, this is how it connects here. Um, but I'm kind of a little hesitant to just be like, they are like, so, so great. Like they got my trust because of how it's worked out, how they, they've managed the books and so forth. I got to see another mm-hmm. year, but I'm very happy with what I'm going. You John, what that, well, hold on. You know what that is, right? And both of you know what that is. Hmm. It's we're, we're we've been in terrible relationships. We were scarred. <laughs> I've know? literally been saying that to Alex. I've yeah. literally been saying our that dating exact history same is thing. so flawed that at the end of the day, like we we've never had something stable. That all of a sudden we're we're in something that seems good, but. We've been hurt so many times that we're waiting for us. We're waiting to come home and find them in bed with somebody else. <laughs> you know? John, John shaking his head with like such vigor. It's like he's gone through I mean, it. It looks I, like, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. we've, we've been talking. Oh, no, we've been talking about, no, we've been talking about that and as if we were starving. 
Like, we're like, oh, yeah. we've been just starving. And, like, someone has just dangled food in front of us. And we're just like, oh, my God, this is the best thing we've ever eaten in our lives. Like, Big 15 forever. Like, mm-hmm. I just need this food forever. And you're like, dude, just chill out. Like, there's other places to eat that are better. And now that you've eaten and you know what it's, you know, now that you could, like, come and be normal. And I feel like that's where we're at. And that's why people are, like, getting – we're going to start getting that pushback. Every, like, uh, right now, the Knicks are the Cinderella. Everyone's like, oh, the Knicks fans are cute, you know, going inside Staples Center and, and yelling and going to all these places and yelling. And we're kind of cute right now. But the Warriors were cute at one point, too. And everyone hated them very, very, very fast, especially someone as good as Steph Curry. Now he's ruining the game. Two years ago, he changed the game for the better. Now he's ruining basketball for children. So, Whoa, like, <laughs> to, to be fair, I don't think the Warriors became hateable. Until they got Durant. Because even during that 73 and 9 season, the way they were winning games was so ridiculous that I think a lot of us were kind of in the ballpark of, I kind of just want to see what this looks like. They're just going to shoot 100 threes a game. Steph's going to hit 400 threes this Dude, season. That, that, that record is insane. Yeah. The like it's just, and, Qua- and, Qua- and Quay wasn't even too far behind. What do you have, like 300 he something? He like- second. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those seasons where in hindsight, we didn't appreciate it for what it was because adding Kevin Durant made this ridiculous. It's like, all right, well then I'll see you whenever he leaves because this is now an unfair thing that you've created. You've, you've legitimately stacked the deck. Um, and that's when I think they became hateable. I will say, I think our fan base is much more equipped to become one of those like <laughs> oh, hateable teams. Absolutely. You want to put, you want to, really drive the NBA Twitter world nuts. Give the Knicks a super team and see what this fan base does with it, especially (laughs) if it's, like, organically built like the Warriors did. Because that's the thing. Like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond all drafted. Mm -hmm. If the Knicks just add a piece and all of a sudden they win 70 games one season – Man, I'm telling, like the, the, let's calm the, down. Let's calm down. On the but 70. I'm saying, like, give yeah. the Knicks a super team and see what happens to the rest of the league, where they literally can't like. And plus, it would have been competently built, which has been a knock on this team is that they're incompetent. So, mm-hmm. if by result of the moves that have been made, because like to Alex, to your to your trust issues with, like, it's gone too well. I need to see what happens next. I'd actually look at what the exact moves are, like. It, the the Burks Noel signings, the re-signing of Bullock, the the leaving the cap space, those individually are all smart moves. Whereas mm-hmm. just go one off season previous, like signing a bunch of guys to one and ones didn't make a lot of sense for the roster construction. And you just go a year later, all the moves made sense. Noel was a backup to Mitchell Robinson. Alec Burks was a backup. To RJ Barrett. Emmanuel quickly, like, wasn't, didn't have too many people he had to jump over if he wanted to get playing time. Same thing goes for literally everybody else on the team. And then you, when you get to the point where Derek Rose shows up and we're afraid that he's gonna lose, that quickly's gonna lose minutes, it ends up being a godsend because Austin Rivers lost minutes and so did Alfred Payton eventually. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually have a little more, I actually do have a little more faith in what this team will be. And it's that next step, which I guess we can lead into what their playoff chances are going to be that I'm curious about. Because while the, the goalpost has moved, I'm also still a little reserved about my my ceiling for this team, which 
as I've said earlier, they keep exceeding whatever ceiling I put mm-hmm. on them anyway. So it might not even matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, definitely. I, I remember earlier it was like, like as you said, whether we're going to make a play-in game and now it's whether we're going to get home field advantage and we're trying to figure out mm-hmm. who we're going to play. But just to go back on what, on the uh, previous talk about the off season, I think that having to learn Tibbs' system on the fly is kind of helped them in some weird way because I, I always mention it that Tibbs is the quintessential regular season coach. Mm. And he reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning where he was, he was just the best film guy, the best mm-hmm. practice guy. And once, and he makes his teams and his players put in the effort during the season. But once the playoffs come, the other team is also doing that. And so then he becomes on the even scale. So for me, that, that's what Tibbs brings to the table. And that's what, that's what, that's what's exciting for me. And that's why I don't think we're going to regress to the average. I honestly see us as a fourth seed next year, a fourth, fifth seed next mm. year. It's going to be a different fourth, fifth seed. I don't think it's going to, we're going to have a 10 game, you know, nine game winning streak in there. I think it's going to be more leveled. Uh, I don't, I hope, hopefully we don't. Doesn't take us, you know, midway through the season to have a three game winning streak. I think that'll change as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, 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 especially if, like you said, we get Dame Lillard or somebody like that. But the only, I guess, issue I have with your take and we're about to jump into the playoffs and your expectations is, I mean, I, and as we said, like, how many more stats? How many more games do we need? So that we can just say the Knicks are a good basketball team mm-hmm. without any like asterisks, like without anything else. Just like we're, we're, we're high in the, the defensive numbers. We're high in the efficiency numbers. We're high in the, you know, the rebound numbers. Like what other things do we actually need to say? Okay. Maybe this is a good basketball team. We're not saying they're the best. We're not saying they're amazing. We're not saying they're championship bound. Just we're good. Like other, like. I'm I'm sorry to bring them up, but you know, me and Alex were talking about another certain podcast from a guy from LA, two guys from LA talking basketball today, and they're talking about how the Hawks are should be favored over the Knicks. Why? Where? How? I I, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't get it. Like I just don't understand. So uh, I know what pot you're talking about. Um, So, in fairness to them, um, I think. They just, they're, they're overcorrecting for how wrong they were about the Hawks before the season, which I like, I've learned to understand how he and he are when it comes to the pods. <laughs> it's a lot of, um, a lot of like, we were wrong. So now let's go extreme the other way. Uh, so look, I think Atlanta would be a tough out. That's the only thing. As much as I think the Knicks with home court, would have a better shot, like would be favored in that series. I'm not slouching on what Atlanta's done since they got um, Nate McMillan as their head coach. And they're just a completely different team. I think their winning percentage with McMillan is like a, a 57 per game win uh, 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 win percentage. Um, they're on pace for, that's what it is, a, a 57 win pace mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. since they got McMillan. Um, now, saying that, since they started, the Knicks settled on this rotation of Rose playing 35 minutes. They're what 13 and three in their last six. I don't understand. So, I don't understand what else they have to yeah, do. I, 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 I wouldn't don't get it. 
I've learned not to get bothered by what the national media says. They don't watch yeah, the Knicks like we do, yeah, you know? Course, and yeah. the beauty of it is because, like, the Knicks, as much as we love watching them play because we're Knicks fans, they're not an appetizing watch. They're not, like, it's a tough, gritty, 90s basketball, low-scoring no, game. Yeah. We got really what we wanted. Pace. Like, <laughs> we got what we wanted, but... They're not tuning in. Like they're watching Trey Young and and the Hawks play everybody one thirty five to one seventeen. Um, I point. will say though that the game, the last game they played against the Hawks, the one that they won, mm-hmm. I noticed a lot. Like Nerlens had no answer for Clint Capella. Um, once the Hawks started hitting threes, like that's the thing about the Knicks is like people have commented how many open threes they they've given up this season. Teams are missing them, and I think it's because the Knicks close out really well. Um, and teams also overthink and try to and overpass, and as a result, it leads to open threes. But you should have taken the shot two shots previous. Um, so as a result, I think that a team that can make threes will be tough for the Knicks to beat, which could be a team like the Hawks. Which is why, what if I went out and said I want Miami? Oh my God! Uh, you know, absolutely crazy. I, now let me make the case. <laughs> Go ahead. They have the, the what happened in the bubble. At like, I'm afraid of Jimmy. Don't get me wrong. I'm afraid of of Bam. Bam. I think he's the perfect person to guard Randall. Fine. Yeah. Like, I, I'm that rest of that team is so overrated. The bubble inflated so many people's reputations. Tyler Hero is just flat out not that good. Okay. And here speaking my love are. language, man. But, I know, but, but, he, but like, here we breathe. are. They hit all these threes last year. Like but, Duncan Robinson, Andre Iguodala. I'm, I'm afraid of 75-year-old Andre Iguodala <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2021. Like, yes, I'm afraid. Of, like, I'm afraid of Spolstra <laughs> because he has the experience. But, like, they're 20th in net rating. At what point do we look at the Heat and just say, you know, like, you are what you are. Let a Knicks team that's actually that good you want to talk about a podcast that I'm frustrated by? Shout out to Metal Arc Media's darling down in Miami <laughs> that has been like, we want the Knicks. We want the Knicks. Why? Because you want to relive the late 90s when you couldn't get out of the first round because you kept running into the Knicks? Fine. <laughs> Let's replay that. Let's play a Knicks Heat series where you don't have LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> okay. Bring that, the heat. That, that, I'm sorry. That Miami Heat team last year, nothing in the bubble was real. Anthony Davis was making 40% of his threes. Who's the dude on Indiana that scored 54 points? TJ Warren. TJ Warren scoring 54 points? Are you kidding me? Tyler Hero is a finals guy? Like, what are we doing? That, that, like, what happened in the bubble as, like, I'm not discrediting what happened to LeBron, but it changes when you're in LA fitness. And then when you're in the garden, your depth mm-hmm. perception is different. And that mm-hmm. entire bubble was played with like guys just shooting unconsciously because they're playing in a different depth perception. So as a result, I think a lot of regression to the mean has been what we've seen. And I, I give me Miami if you're because like it would be embarrassing if the Knicks lost to the Heat. If the Knicks lost if, to, if the Knicks <laughs> lost to the Hawks, if they lost to the Heat, I'd be like, eh, all right, they made the finals last year. I guess they were better. If they lose to the Hawks, it's like, how did we lose to the Hawks? But if th- I'm going to win a first-round series, give me Miami. I I love that energy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I'm i with – I'm not fully with – I, I put Atlanta Look, and it's Miami. A wild, I, it's a wild take. I put Miami and Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, was, I was saying, you know, I said it before. I'm not afraid of the Celtics when the Celtics were actually close to being in playoffs, like around where we work. And now that with the loss of Jalen Brown, I would have – please. That's just like silver platter type of like – 
matchup. But there, it doesn't even look like they're going to do it. It looks like they're going to be in the plan with being in the being the seventh seed right now. I hope not. So, uh, Who do you, you mean? What do you? I, I, I hope I hope the Celtics stay in to the fifth seed. I hope they don't fall. Oh, it's got the no play chance, in. unfortunately. Yeah, it's, know, it's, so, it's, so, it's so far. And I'm just it's hoping so far. They, stay, they stay. I'll be honest with you. If the Celtics end up as the fifth seed, that makes them scarier because it means they lost Jalen Brown and gained like made up ground in the last four games of the season, which means they're coming in super hot. Well, they got the that, Heat coming up. That's going to change everything, right? They right. got the, the Heat game. So what, if the Heat beat the Knicks, which I, by the time people hear this, they'll already know. But if the Heat, if the Heat beat the Celtics and the Knicks beat the Lakers, the Knicks clinch a playoff berth. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. By the time you hear this, Knicks will probably have clinched the playoff berth already. But then, but then the Celtics. I know we're getting a little off tangent, but the Celtics schedule after that is Cavs, Timberwolves, and then the Knicks. And what the Heat is, they have the Nets, they have Milwaukee, and they then got they a have harder schedule. Detroit. Yeah, as their last yep. three. All right, yep. so maybe De- Miami can fall to seven. It's probably gonna be Knicks Hawks. The Hawks have like nobody outside of Russ. Yeah, on the, Yo, the Heat. Yeah, the Heat is crazy, dude. The Celtics, Seventy yeah. Sixers, Bucks, and then Pistons. That's a that's a tough schedule. But but to get to Andrew's point, just getting back on on playoff track, I I agree with you about the Hawks. They got wait, and this is where talk about the two guys out in LA talking about it. Uh, about that BS podcast. Uh, <laughs> Straight up BS. A lot of BS, yeah. <laughs> you know, my thing with the Hawks is that you know, we played them when they had just bo- bogey and not even Gallo that day. Trey Young was in his bag. Nate McMillan is just a way better coach than, uh, than, than Pierce. It's just night and day. I still don't understand why Indiana got rid of, uh, <laughs> McMillan. That was just seeing what happened yeah. to Indiana since then. Yeah. Yeah. It just, just terrible. And. That entire team is just changed. Like some, there's just a whole aura about them where they're just so serious and they're now, their offense is just clicking. Clint Capella is playing like he did when he was in Houston too, which is really annoying because he's a true rim runner and just a shot blocker at this point. And the fact that Nero's Noel was having a tough time with him, just like guarding him, that doesn't, it doesn't give me, it doesn't sit well because we gave up so many points in the paint that last time that we played them. I think we gave up close to like somewhere between 30 to 40 points. Uh, points in the paint and it wasn't until Trey Young goes down that they don't have their true engine and they were able to like rally back and I I, I I'm, I'm, it's just there's just too much unknown about that game that's left out there because Trey got hurt that I don't know about this new Hawks team and how the Knicks would actually like how they would actually match up against them I think they also move really quick and even though we're a very good defensive team just if we're giving up threes and we're good at closing out those guys can hit. I, it just takes bogey just going off just mm-hmm. to just really open everything if you have Trey. And Trey, we all know with the foul hunting, I, I don't think he'd get that in the playoffs, but it's just. Yeah. And neither is bogey, yeah. dude. Bogey's not doing anything in the playoffs, dude. It gets physical in there. He can't, he, he, he can't play. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as worried about the Hawks as everyone else. The one person I'm worried about on the Haw- Hawks is John Collins. Because we can't guard a single person that wants a rebound, that cuts into the basket, or like you said, Clint Capella. And he, those are the players I'm scared of. Bogey shooting a three, like Reggie Bullock will just hit him, like by game four, like he's just gonna hit him. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's just not like it, it's it's we're not. I think we kind of forgot what it's like to be in the playoffs. But when we have yes, team, yeah, I know, and I know what it's like to play defense at the same time too. Like it's not just being there; it's the fact that. The type of basketball we play is we're gonna, we're gonna give up one person for, with some sort of weakness to kill us. That's how Tibbs has been running the game. And it's not going to be Trey Young. 
And I don't think it's going to be Bogey either. I think it is going to be John Collins because we can't stop him anyway. But So doesn't the Phoenix game scare you, though? Because they did that. They said, like, Chris Paul, Booker, you're not going to beat us. And they made Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges um, and Nate. Like, no. they, like they went down the line and said, okay, you guys beat us. And isn't that a prototype on how to beat the Knicks in the playoffs, which when Lou Williams and Gallinari and DeAndre Hunter then are open because the Knicks are – And you got Herder. Don't forget Herder. Right? Like they, the, the Hawks, I'm, I'm telling you, I – the Hawks legitimately scare me more than the Heat. And the, I'm pl- sorry, the Heat, I think we have crazy. this aura of what happened in the bubble and Spolstra, and it's like... Well, we also got swept by them the regular the, season. Right. Yeah. But, so look at the three games. The first one was um, right Without the day of the Derrick Rose trade. The mm-hmm. second one, you want to talk about poor officiating. Bam gets both oh. outs. Are you kidding both me? Both games. Both well, games. Yeah, so both games. Both so, games. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it's going to be, man. That's how it's going to be with Bam. That's just, he has the rep. He's a defensive. He has the rep. But, okay, then just go to how many free throws that the Heat – like, you want to talk yeah. about the rest choke on the whistle more in the postseason. So they're not going to get every single foul call. That's like the Harden blueprint is that he depends so much on regular season referees boosting his point totals, and then he gets to the postseason where they don't call as many, and he's like, where's the foul? And it's like, make a shot. Um so you like you look at the Heat, and I'm I'm literally just going from after those big two that match up with the Knicks big two really well. I like the Knicks three through ten so much better than I like the Heat's three through ten. I think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Heat, because of their short off season, because of how overextended they were last season, and. I, they're kind of playing with spare parts that regressed back to what their career means are going to be. I like, yeah, they could get hot. D- Duncan Robinson could get hot. Tyler Hero maybe could get hot, but he's been I'm much. Too. I'm much more confident in what the Knicks can do with their like, like D Rose coming in in the second unit. Like, give me that over what the Hawks have become over their last thirty games. Plus, okay. like, just just go from narrative, okay? Knicks win a first round playoff series against the Hawks. Okay, fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the Hawks. The Knicks beat Miami. You want to talk about getting the respect of the national media and actually starting like a narrative that the Knicks are quote unquote back that nobody can deny? Beat the defending Eastern Conference champions, then take Philly to seven. And then there's like, oh, like, I don't know about all that. But just like well, they could play. They played the Heat. Uh, they played yeah. the Sixers close all season. Yeah. The last no two games they played with no Derrick Rose. Come on, Derrick Rose. What has been <laughs> the biggest difference since the, since Derrick Rose came back? It's Derrick Rose. Yeah, but Embiid is an MVP candidate. I'm not saying Embiid wouldn't yeah, average yeah. 35. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am saying that the Knicks, I think, would make that a series. Like yeah. after beating the Heat. And then you show up to this offseason with, we're a player away, free agents, guys that are trying to force their way out, come to New York and build a championship contender. Whereas if you play the Hawks in the first round and then lose, like then you play the, the Sixers, no one's taking you seriously. Like no one takes the Hawks seriously. Back out the champs. That, that's I, where I'm going for. I could agree with you on that. I mean, I, I'm, I was wrong about the Hawks. I didn't have any faith in the oh, Hawks. Bro, just, I'm right there dude, with you. Now, granted, I was, like, I was wrong about the Knicks, but, <laughs> so but that's, 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 that's a different story. We're talking about right. the Knicks, man. Right. <laughs> I thought the Hawks were like, a, were what Washington ended up being. 
you know? I thought yeah. that the Hawks would end up being like a, a 9 or 10 seed that maybe gets hot during the season. But this, again, goes back to Nate McMillan and the job he's done. And if you want me to predict a little bit, I think that's the direction the Nets are going to head because I think Nash is not long for that job. Oh, wow. And then Tony will be the head coach at some point in the future. Uh, James Harden is there, so they go yeah. back. That's way, always way been the far. plan because of Harden. I feel like the Harden Dan Tony thing has always been in the works. I think Probably. that's where they're headed. So it's honestly, it's and it could be James Harden's team. <laughs> it's just, honestly at this point, it, it might as well kind of should be with the usage rate. The other yeah, I mean, two kind of work better playing off of Harden anyway. And Katie's missed most of the season. Kyrie mm-hmm. is, you know. That is brilliant, by the way, what they did with KD. is brilliant (laughs) because everybody's question about the Nets was, can KD play a full season? So you know what's going to happen? 20 games in, he's going to get this mysterious hamstring injury. That's like a four-week injury, and he's going to miss three months, and we're all going to question it. Then he's going to come back, and it's like, oh, whoa, look, KD's fine. And we're still going to have those questions, but he took the appropriate time off that you yeah. don't need a full season out of KD. I like my, my tinfoil hat is on. I think he's been <laughs> fine for months, but he's just been playing this. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm rehabbing. And when they actually know, because there are smart people over there, that we are not getting a full season out of Kevin Durant. So we'll just use the bullets we have in Kevin Durant when we need it, which is why he came back two weeks ago. And Kyrie's just. Choosing to do whatever he wants. Kyrie's, there's nothing, there's no intelligent brain that can make sense oh, of what Kyrie oh, I'm not even man. knocking Kyrie. I'm not saying like, he's unpredictable is what I'm saying. If he, okay, yeah, that's, he a, that's has a fact. And an, an allotment of personal time off that we didn't know NBA players had. And he just, all of a sudden, no call, no shows and his bosses don't care. So it's fine. Dude, I, I'm actually so with you on the KD stuff and I don't even think, I'm not even mad at them. Like honestly, it's I'm not, genius. Yeah, it's I'm not brilliant. even mad, and, and I'm honestly so happy for KD on a personal level mm-hmm. that he's able to come back and be so good off this Achilles. Like no one's ever done it. Mm-hmm. So if this is what he has to do, and tinfoil hat, and he, the Nets are you know playing the long game, I think it's genius. My tinfoil hat is on Kyrie Irving, and I think I no joke think that he's taking religious time off. I think that that's what this is all about. All this personal PTO that he's been taking and he he keeps saying personal reasons. Meanwhile, he just started this whole Ramadan and, um, you know, his Muslim religion, uh, and starting to make it public. And it's all coming at the same time. So who's, I think he's probably like, yo, we don't need these games just like you're doing with KD and Harden. uh, And I think Harden does have a legit injury because I don't think you Mm. could. Be 350 pounds one day and 111 pounds the next it's day and the it not bother him. Incredible diet of all time. <laughs> yeah, he 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 messed he messed up something. Mm-hmm. So I think that one's is actually legit. But I think Kyrie Those is strip like strip club wings, man. Strip club <laughs> wings. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, he he turned it up, dude. Yo, H- James Harden when he was on the Nets was one of the most incredible basketball players I've ever seen. Oh yeah, uh, objectively speaking, like. If he did that for, for his whole, he'd be better than Jordan. If he did that every single season forever, he would be literally whoa, like, whoa. I'm just saying, like he, like he that month, ma- I, that I month was say. insane. That month was insane. And it was probably because yes. he tried and he was on point and all that stuff. It's obviously not sustainable, but no. it's just you like said, you said better than Michael Jordan. That, yeah. That month was crazy. Best player in the league for three months. 
And then there's Michael Jordan. Like that's, there's, it's because Jordan was the best player in the league for forever. That was why he was so good. I'm just saying. I'm just he saying, was I'm, the best player <laughs> ever. <forever. laughs> Dude, no one could touch Harden. I'm just saying. I, I, obviously, I agree. Obviously. I agree with your overall point. Yeah, that, it was that's crazy. Why the, the MVP conversation for Harden it was for three months of work. Right, and it was like <laughs> I can't ignore what happened in Houston. But if your argument is since he's been in Brooklyn, he's been the best player in the league. Like, you are correct. I can't, like, what he's been doing has been, and it's what will make next couple, the next two seasons interesting because the Nets have a fail-safe plan if KD needs to take time off, if Kyrie decides to take time off. It's James Harden, so. You you think, you think them playing seven games is going to be able to, is going to inhibit them in any way, shape, or form in the playoffs? Or you think they're just going to be good to go? Like they're Brooklyn just they're, the, 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 Bro- the Brooklyn Nets. Like they're 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 ballers, they're good to go. So I mean it's the biggest if, but if if they're healthy, they're gonna win the title. That's been my take for a while now is like once you saw what that team looks like with the three of them, like defense really isn't gonna matter. No one's outscoring them. And the two games that the Bucks just won against them, yeah, were impressive. James Harden did not play. So if James Harden comes back, the Nets are winning the title. Um, that if is a gigantic <laughs> if. So I, it's, it's why I think if they lose in the second round or they get upset at some point, it now goes into next season with some expectations. And if they're like only five games over 500, 30 <laughs> games into the season – Hey, we have this experienced veteran, and you can already hear it in the, the, the all 87 Nets fans that complain about this team. They chime in, and they're like, Steve Nash can't coach. He has no clue what he's doing now. It's, Part of that is that he's a rookie head coach, and he probably shouldn't be given this team. But as a result, you know, I think that's going to then lead to people calling for D'Antoni to take over sooner rather than later. And this is why Steve Nash for Coach of the Year was just – a Sorry. bunch of nonsense. I yeah. I don't even know how that even gets stated. But to what record uh, do you think they've have if the three of us were their coaches? <laughs> five games, <laughs> m- m- maybe minus five games. Right, they'd be yeah. like <laughs> they have forty three wins at least, right? Yeah. But yeah. by the way, I love I love the Knicks Film School official tally of eighty seven Nets fans. Yes, <laughs> that's Thank the official you, tally. We counted. Yeah. The official, the official tally yeah. of Nets fans. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's enough Brooklyn Nets talk. I, yes. I, I, that, okay. That's the et cetera. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey. It's playoffs, hey. man. Hey. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Alex, we're playing with the big boys, man. We're talking playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and, and th- this is it. We're in the Eastern Conference playoffs. We're here, dude. We're, the, the the first question is what, what's going to happen in the first round. The second question is what's going to happen in the second. We're here. Like You know what I'm saying? There's no more Wizards I just want to know. I just I'm, wanna I'm know so what, happy we're not with the Wizards anymore, man. I need... <laughs> That's a fact. I need to know Claudio's expectation. That way I know the Knicks can exceed it. So what are your expectations right now for the New York I Knicks? I think oh, you don't want you don't want to hear my expectation. I so I, I so here's what you can do. Fade me. Because every single thing I've said, the Knicks have exceeded. It's Mets like, fan. Also a Mets fan. Well, exactly. Like <laughs> I have the same PTSD as a Mets fan, as a Jets fan. Where it's like, you know what? I will believe that you're, you're, you've won after the game is over and you've won. I'm never going to predict my team to win. Um, I think I, I, I will say that I am at the point where I'm going to the playoffs with house money. No matter what happens, this season has been a success. I look back to the 2015 Celtics. 
Um, that team was supposed to be a lottery team. That was like they just made the the Garnett Pearson uh Garnett, Garnett and Pierce okay. trade to the Nets. So they brought in Brad Stevens and you know there was some turmoil. They had just traded for Isaiah Thomas the year before, and mm-hmm. they weren't expecting to be anything more than like a seventh or eighth seed. And they ended up being the fourth seed in that season and exceeding all expectations and getting a lot out of a roster that was never that good. And then they ran into the Wizards in the postseason. It's like, you know what? You just don't have enough firepower to be the team that has been constructed from the beginning to compete in the long haul in the postseason. So as a result, I think in the playoffs, when um, things slow down and you know, the, the, I don't want to say I, I'm not expecting them to get out of the first round because that'll devastate. I was, I was about to say, I was about to say, you keep saying we're playing with house money. We're playing with house money. If the Knicks lose in the first round, it's not a it's successful gonna be disappointing. season. It's, it's going to be a happy season, but it's not going to be successful. Well, cause if you're just going by the barometer of if they didn't win the title, then it's a failure. Then yeah, it's a failure, but I can't say it's a failure if a team that was expected to win 22 games. Yeah makes the playoffs, is has a home court advantage in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then gets beat by a team that has uh, that added four guys in free agency and <laughs> has a guy that started the All-Star game yeah, in the that's past. Yeah, that's, so that's a fair like, perspective. That's fair I have to look at it like they've already exceeded all my expectations. If all of a sudden the shoe drops or Trey Young gets the fouls because he has more street cred, like I I... I I can't get too upset about, like, I'll be upset. I'll be disappointed, but the overall takeaway, I don't think they, the Hawks are going to win the finals. I think they'll then get bounced <laughs> yeah. by teams by the that are Sixers. Than, whoever, whoever the fourth, whoever the fourth or five, fifth seed is, is very, very, very likely going to lose to the 76ers. Yeah. So I will say, <laughs> yeah. I think the Knicks, so I'll, I'll, I'll be a homer for a second. I'll pick the Knicks in seven. I do think the Hawks can win that series though. This isn't going to be a defiant. Yeah. For There's sure. nobody that's going to beat us. I'll pick the Knicks in seven because I think they'll have home court. And then I think if they get past the first round, they match up really well with Philly. And beat aside, Philly doesn't out, like, they're not going to be a team that scores 140 on you. They're going to be a team that slows it down, mucks it up. Like, they're not going to hit a ton of threes on you as well. The Knicks will be a team that hits a ton of threes and, and keeps those games close. So I think they can play with Philly, but I also think Philly has a chance to come out of the East. So um, overall, my expectations are that the Knicks will be the four seed and will, if they're playing game seven at home, will win it. And then we'll be able to sit here after the playoffs and be like, you know what? This Cinderella ride, even though it ended, I'm proud of how far it took us, you know? And that's also true if they do lose to the Hawks in six, which I also can see as a possibility. <laughs> So because these are Claudio's expectations, the Knicks are now winning the championship. Oh, that's the thing, home. yeah. <laughs> They're going to make the conference finals, and then I'll be like, well, you know what? It's been a great ride. <laughs> and then you can put it on all on them to win it all, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been wrong all season. And these are informed expectations, but it's also like yeah. all of it like, – because. My expectations were like, okay, this team can't hit threes. Now they're making threes. Oh, well, Julius Randle is on this team. Now he's an all-NBA candidate. <laughs> Everything has been a step above, I think, what I've expected and what all of us have expected at a certain point. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I would be happy if the Knicks just make it to the second round. That's all they got to yeah. do to make this a successful season. Make it to the second round. It is, at this point, 
you can't be the four seed and then not make it to the second round, in my opinion, just because yeah. you've already Ow. raised. I mean, but the five seed is going to be a game worse than the Knicks. Yeah, I think for home, they're good. They have home court advantage. If they have home court advantage and they're a good home court team that wins mm-hmm. at home most of the time, I feel like you have to come out then if you're so good at home to go to the second round at least. Not saying that it isn't a successful season. Like overall, like I get it. Like it's, they, they've already exceeded expectations. If they get to the playoffs, which they will at this point, that they're mm-hmm. in that, tra- they're in that, they're on that traje- trajectory to do so. Yes, it is successful by that, those standards. To me, though, to mm-hmm. me, like that's you fair. gotta, you, you got, you gotta, you gotta get to the second round at this point because now your offense is just clicking on all cylinders of just, I don't even know where this three point shooting came from. Mm-hmm. Playing the defense, the defensive level that we've seen from this team just being so gritty. John pointed out, you said it, Andrew, like this is, this is the, this is playoff basketball. This is what it is where you just slow it down. You play half court. Concern is when we play half court, we're not the most efficient half court team, Mm -hmm. but we like to play the half court. We're not Mm -hmm. a transition team. Fine. Yeah. But if you're telling me like the fifth, like we're going to play the Hawks, even my, like Miami. I can't, you're, you're, you you kind of sold me on Miami a little bit, like to to, to have them a little (laughs) bit more. It's not by a lot. You didn't, you put me all ahead for the Miami uh, matchup, but I feel like if you're the Knicks, the Hawks, like if we lost to the Hawks, that's where I'm just like, that's, that's rough, man. Just because I, we could, I feel like we could take the Hawks. If we lost to the Heat defending, uh, defending Eastern Conference champs, I'll be like, all right, if we go toe to toe seven game series with them, I can at least walk away saying, you know what? This team has taken such a, a large leap in the right direction. Now that's I, like, I guess that if I'm going to be putting all these exceptions, rules, caveats into like, <laughs> I'm going to evaluate this season. Now I think John is so positive that. Losing in the second round is unacceptable. And like, no. give me Philly. Give me like you want the finals or bust is what I. No, thinking. no, no, no. Okay, first of all, I agree with you on Atlanta that it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was a referee type deal because if you look at the numbers, Atlanta is like what top four or five in free throw attempts, but they're about middle of the league in free throw percentage, and the Knicks are. What about like halfway in free throw attempted and definitely bottom quarter in free throws made? So that's the one thing that scares me about playoff basketball. And I've been screaming at Alex that we need a center. Our centers have been pretty all good season so long. Far. <laughs> Literally, all, I've been like scouting Isaiah Stewart for God's sakes, making trades for Jonas Valanciunas, driving Alex absolutely <laughs> insane. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing in this corner. So that's what I'm terrified of. This is where they're gonna miss miss Mitch a lot is if they play. Yes, well, and that's and that's where it comes play... in, Claudio. You got me. You got yeah. it because that's like if you want to tell me that we have hope in the second round, especially because it, it's going to be Philly. Like, that's just what it is. Philly's number one, and if we win, if we beat the Hawks, if we beat the Celtics, if we beat the Heat, we're going to end up playing Philly. Philly has one of my favorite point guards in the league, <laughs> point forward, Ben Simmons. I think he's going to be difficult to guard, but we can guard him because he can't shoot. Tibbs can figure it out. But Embiid is going to give us an absolute heart attack. If we have Mitch in there... I could see us taking it seven and losing in seven and being very happy with myself. To be honest, Claudio, my, I'm taking two teams in the Eastern Conference as my, as my bets. And it's going to be the 76ers and the Bucks. Those oh, are my two teams. Okay. 
Uh, I want to take Miami, but just because of the COVID tr- no training camp and the fact Say that it. they were playing, Say you know. It. Say it louder. There you go. <laughs> I, I can't take them winning the Eastern Conference. But I'm still terrified of playing them. I can't tell you how terrified I am of playing them. You're just selling me even more on this. I'm <laughs> so scared. I'm, I'm so telling s- you. Dude, Duncan I- Robinson could hit seven threes in a game. He like, could also like, hit none. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I, you are not, I'm not going to sit here and be confident about playing the heat. I'm not going to pump my chest for that, mm-hmm. but I will pump my chest for Atlanta. And of course, now it's easy. Now it's like, I feel like we're, uh, bullying the injured kid talking about the Celtics. But I, I Alex had them earlier. Alex yeah. Alex has been wanting all the Celtics smoke all year long. Selfishly so he can go to the games, but yes. he's been selfishly <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, but he's been selfishly wanting the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm not afraid the Celtics the way the Celtics play this season, they you could just when you watch them, the chemistry is just off from what it's been. You know, even Celtics fans, I hear from them all the time, working with them too. It's just they're not as high on this team as they, they usually are. Um, and you want to talk did, about. Did you see the Shaughnessy article today about the Celtics? I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, he torched them, compared them to every disappointing Boston sports team throughout history, like the, the Ooh. 76 Red Sox, the, uh, the, the Patriots that went 10 and 6 the year, like, uh, in 2009, the year mm-hmm. after they traded Randy wow. Moss, some hot, some Bruins teams of the past that were bad. Like he, he torched this team and was like, there's no, there's no way out because this team thinks they've won something, but they haven't. And <laughs> then you add in the fact that this owner is an owner for life. He wants Danny Ainge to be the GM for life, who mm-hmm. wants Brad Stevens to be the coach for life. And they want Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be on the team for life. So this <laughs> yeah. is what we're looking at. And. I quite enjoyed it as a, <laughs> and watch. I can't wait to read it. And, yeah, and just like, yeah. Shaughnessy. And, and just to add up on that, like you see Wick, you see that whole, all these guys, like they're all beloved, you know, they're all beloved in the, in the city. They, they'll, they're waiting for the following season. Celtics fans I'm talking about, but you just watch the way the brand of basketball is just, it's not compelling to me. You're talking about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two guys who have to create for themselves. Kemba is like in and out. You're, you're hoping that Kemba is, playing a uh, good one day and hitting his threes and just facilitating that we know he can do right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're waiting on just Jalen Brown or Tatum to hopefully drop 50 on you for, for a night to win, it's not really convincing to me. And especially if you start looking at the bench, like Pritchard, you talk about Marcus smart, you're talking about uh, Tristan Thompson, you talk about uh time ward, you know, all these <laughs> guys that they want semi Ojale. I'm not like Grant Williams, these guys like, Give me that bench all day long. Mm-hmm. Our bench will take them. Every yeah. like, I don't, don't let's not look at that last game. I do not. That was just look. Everyone has a bad game, right? <laughs> not that, to bring up the boogeyman, but also look at Alfred Payton's minutes in that game. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and t- you look at the the biggest change. It's what the the biggest credit I'll give to Tibbs is this rotation where Payton doesn't come back in in the second quarter. Payton <laughs> doesn't come back in the fourth quarter. It's literally like the opposite. Like Rose technically is playing starters minutes, but that's been the change. And like to everybody's points on this pod, Rose being on the what he's been the last 16 games, that's how they're going to beat the Hawks. That's how they're going to beat the Heat. That's how they in a, in a certain scenario would beat the Celtics. I, like if Derrick Rose is going to be this, then maybe there is a new sky that is a limit for them. And maybe for it's, sure. 
maybe it's past. Say what you want about Philly, but maybe it is the conference finals. <laughs> this is our right? big. That's our big three. I mean, it's D Rose, yeah. RJ mm-hmm. Barrett, and uh, Julius Randle. That's our big three. I, I don't right know. I don't. I kind of disagree. I kind of. Really? I, I don't think it's D Rose. I think we are living in the moment, and we're quickly forgetting that either Bullock or Burks kind of run this team. And if one of them don't go on fire during the game, we kind of I don't even think we'd be I don't even think we'd be in the playing game. Like we'd be flirting with the playing game during the year. Yes, D Rose has kind of taken that role now mm. because in my opinion, IQ kind of hit the rookie wall, which he, he's allowed to. It's okay for him to do that. You know what I mean? And I I I'm not no, slandering I him. And he, to, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, so I don't I'm not saying like Rose would be our big three to diminish the roles that Bullock and Burks and Quickly and Noel and all of these role players have played this year. But if Reggie Bullock hits two threes, if Reggie Bullock hits six threes, if Reggie Bullock hits no threes, it doesn't change the fact that the problem the Knicks had for most of the season up until the last 20 games or so was down the stretch. They had nobody to create an easy basket. They had nobody Mm -hmm. to penetrate and break down the defense and for most of the time, that nobody was Alfred Payton. Like, asking Julius Randle to do it so at much. a certain point hit a plateau, and it's why yeah. he had that stretch of inconsistent, inefficient shooting games. And once Derrick Rose stepped up to be that guy, like, the Memphis game in Memphis is mm-hmm. the game I'm going to for, like, oh, we have our point guard, at least for this season, because they needed buckets down the stretch. The rest of that team was terrified to take a shot and he's like, all right, I'll break down the defense. Yeah. I'll, I'll go get easy bus buckets at the rim. And if he can do that, yeah, he's, he's the point guard that they need. Like the, the first Phoenix game that ended the winning streak, the difference Chris Paul makes on that team, being a point guard that's like, all right, the rest of us, we kind of need certain things to go right, like a double team or multiple passes, like ball movement for us to get easy shots. We need you to just break down the defense and get some points down the stretch. What Derek Rose has been, is what they've needed all season. It's why now they're closing games mm. down the stretch. So that's why yeah. I'd actually say Derrick Rose, maybe not overall this season, has been the third yeah. big three. But what's changed them from a playing team to a four seed that could win a round is what Derrick Rose has become. I agree one hundred percent. And what are they what are they twenty two and ten with oh, yeah. Derrick, yeah, that's Alex's Derrick favorite Rose. stat. I mean, the, hey, the D Rose win loss record, and I love it. It is a great stat. I'm wearing D Rose shorts right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I think I think what I'm mostly thinking about is Burks when uh, D Rose was out with COVID, and Burks was our point guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're right. So maybe it is that role towards the end where you need that person to just chuck up shots. And I, you didn't say it, but I I already see through your eyes, Claudio, that you're having those flashbacks of those bad Burks possessions. And they come, oh, yeah. and they and they and they come in a flood. Stop. You know what I mean? The bad Burks possessions. It's 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 hot and cold. So yeah. you have a possession where they get the ball over half court magically, and somebody's open. Then there's the opposite where it's like I'm just praying they get over half court to use time <laughs> off the clock. Um, I'm not saying he's not a great creator, but I think it's off of somebody else. Like there was there was worlds where down the stretch. They were playing either Bullock or Alec Burks. It was whoever was hot. Yeah. And what they've settled into is we're better defensively if Bullock's on the court. We need Derrick Rose and his creativity 
down the stretch. And that's a team they that's the, the, the rotation that they've settled on, and it's obviously shown results. Um, that's, man, I mean, man I'm pumped for the, the playoffs. That, I'm that, pumped for the playoffs. I'm pumped for, sure. for like Burks to hit 18 points oh, and have God. like two plays <laughs> and have it like be like the most incredible stats and like you know national media like oh my God who's this guy Alec Burks getting 18 points a game or like something. Oh man, I'm I can't wait. I, and uh, RJ Barrett like hitting corner threes, people are gonna go insane because uh, that's gonna be got, the first we time this, they saw it. We went this whole oh. time without even really exalting the praises of of RJ Barrett. I, I, mean, I said on the pod a couple weeks ago because John and I did a like we had a cancellation, so we we put together a pod at the last minute, and it was like our our top five questions for the rest of the season. Yep. And I said like, can RJ Barrett get to forty percent from three? And I laid out an exact number of like how many threes he has to take, how many threes he had to has to hit. So you better believe. I was paying attention yesterday. <laughs> and it's like, if he hits this, it's 40. If he hits this, it's 40. Yeah! Let's go, Rowan. There you go. So, yeah, I, you're right, man. There's a world where the, the love fest that these overrated Heat players got last season, now some properly rated Knicks players will get this year. You know what? Give me the Miami Heat just because I need RJ Barrett to sun. Just because, just because he, R.J. Barrett has to sun the living crap out of Tyler Hero. That's what I want. Yeah. I need that right now. He's been injured all year. I, I don't all year. care. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> want it. Give me want Miami, it now. man. I grew up in the '90s. I I loved playing the Miami Heat every year, and we if we were gonna win the win the game or win the fight. Okay, <laughs> give me this overrated Miami team. Jimmy Butler is great. Don't get me wrong. Bam Adebayo would be. Ben Simmons is really good. Um, would yeah. be top three for me in defensive player of the year. I'm not yeah. saying they're bad. It's the, the exaltation of these overrated shooters that really good in the bubble that I get frustrated with. Well, you know, and here, here's the thing about playing in the bubble, right? It's like going to your local gym. If you play at the same place at the same time every single day, you're used to that court. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be real. Like, there's a reason why we call home court advantage, right? It's because the home team is used to playing on that court and there's just slightly different atmosphere, different lighting, all these other things that you don't take into effect. Like going to TD garden, going to MSG, the lighting is so different, just mm-hmm. totally different. The whole feel is different. Mm-hmm. So guys in the bubble, you're playing for, what was it? August, was it August, September, October, you're playing for three months on the same mm-hmm. court <laughs> almost every other day. Yeah. So like your local, it's like your, it's like going to LA Fitness. Yeah. It's going like to your local sports club. It's doing those type of things. So, so it makes sense why they're able to do that. Also, take some of my bravado out of it. If you just want to <laughs> go with like the the literal science of who's probably the most vulnerable team to play, is it the Hawks who had a full nine months off, who uh, kind of figured something out and had all these free agent pickups and have like can go eleven deep with you traded for Lou Williams, like, is it that team or is it the team that's been hit hard by COVID and had a seven week off season? Like that also factors in to why I think the Heat are vulnerable, at least this season, maybe next year, if you want to actually look at how good they are, like Miami Heat with a full off season actually would be a little bit afraid of this. I think is the year to get them. It's like the same thing with the Lakers this year. Like, this is the season if you're in the Western yeah. Conference. The Suns for the Jazz. This yeah, is like this yeah. is the get it now because they're going to be fully rested yeah. next year, probably <laughs> adding a couple more pieces. Yeah. You know, I, I really just, like, I really I like just that see- Knicks Heat. That's like, what do you, Alex, what do you think about that Knicks Heat, that 
2020 Heat comparison to the 2021 Knicks. I actually really like that because we don't we, we play we play gritty defense like them, like the bubble Heat. We ha- we have shooters. We we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not that great, you know. We're, there's no one on the team that's gonna like blow you away. Like Randall could go off, but other than that, we're gonna rely on some team defense. I kind of like that. I yeah, I know. mean, I like it because I, I, I could see I could see a huge comparison. I know I know Alex likes it because they made it to the finals, but but uh, it, they they it's a pretty nice. Uh, I want I'm I'm gonna look into uh, their defensive stats and see where they lined up with them. I'm I mean. I mean, let's also think about uh, <laughs> let's also think about that team, right? We had well, it to, Tom Thibodeau comes from Jeff Van Gundy, and Jeff Van Gundy comes from Eric Spoelstra, so it's kind of mm. like we're talking about the same cloth. We're talking about that same type right. of like brand, a Pat Riley. That's yeah. we're getting kind of back into, right? So the 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 comparisons are there, so. I'm, I'm all we're for going it. To the finals is how we end. That, that's how we Let's get do it. <laughs> Next stuff is the Knicks are going to the finals I'm this down. year. I'm, da- I'm game. There you go. I convinced you guys. How do you think you guys. I, I love how I kind of hedged that I think they're going to lose in the first round, but also have this, we're going to beat the Heat and go to the finals. Somehow Claudio <laughs> just came in, Claudio yeah. came into our house and just sold us yeah. a freaking wham. But it was like, look, man, we don't have the finances to buy this Lamborghini. Quarter just came in and is like, let me tell you why you actually have the finances yeah. to buy this Lamborghini. <laughs> but also, you can't buy this Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> I still want the Hawks. I still want the Hawks. Okay, so what, what do you think? You think we're gonna, you think we're gonna lose to the Lakers, right? With, with, with LeBron coming back? Or do you think we're gonna take the Lakers? And how do you think the last three games, the oh, stand oh. is gonna shape up? I think LeBron coming, well, so I'll definitely look right or wrong on the Laker game because it comes out. Yeah, because it came out. We already know what happened. We're geniuses. Um, Obviously, the result that happened is what I said happened. Yeah. Guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think they'll lose. To <laughs> Moving the on to the home games. <laughs> I think they'll lose to the Lakers tomorrow and have a three and three road trip and then win the final three. Ooh. And nice. Lose. And they're a, home, they're a home court team. Like the home yep. court advantage they've developed over the last month or so. They've lost it's real. one game at home in, in a while and it's the Suns game and they were down by three with Two minutes left, so I, I'm not like I'm not afraid. So like the two losses they had on this road trip, the Knicks are probably like the eighth best team in the NBA. They've developed mm-hmm. to the eighth best team. They lost to two teams better than them. I was never upset at the Nuggets game or upset at the the Suns game. Yep. It was like they lost yeah. to two teams better than them. That happens. Mm-hmm. It's the Clippers game that then gets you excited because the Clippers are better than them. The Lakers may get a boost from LeBron, which is why I'm just, I'll say they lose that game. And then. It depends on AD. AD, yeah, I also just, the, that's a, it's a terrible matchup if LeBron yeah. and AD are healthy. If AD's in, we're going to get crushed. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'll say that they lose the Laker game, which as you know from listening to this after the game, I was wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'll say. Mix money that, line. <laughs> yeah. Hammer it. Okay. Parlay it with something else. Um, and then like, Taking out San Antonio, taking out Charlotte, taking out Boston to end the season and clinch the four seed in home court. That's how I think the season will end. I like it. Wow. I like Fuck it. Was hot, coming hot, beating the heat. Yeah. I like sweeps. it. Sweeps. <laughs> and losing right to the Hawks. Gotta, ha- gotta hang out with Claudio <laughs> more often. Yeah. <laughs> gotta hang out with Claudio more often. Gotta go to the bar. Gotta do all these things. Man, I'll be just as loud, just as bra- uh, braggadocious. <laughs> soon. Soon. Know. Love it. Yes, soon, guys. Yes. I just got vaccinated, so I'm... Oh, oh man, this weekend nice. was tough. Believe me, it was not fun, but you know, I got the, I'm ready to I go got out the, soon. 
John's fully vaccinated. I got the first shot uh, two weeks ago. I'm going back uh, next week to get my there second one. There you go. Attaboy. King Cuomo's going to let us all hang out soon, so we're almost there, guys. Oh. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I got the countdown on, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. I like I I called that we we beat the Lakers. It's gonna be interesting. We get yeah. if Braun and AD play. That changes everything. Braun's playing. Um, he's playing. You're calling oh, yeah. it. Yeah, so, Braun's playing. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Braun. If it's just I still Braun, like our I'm chances. The Knicks. Yeah, yeah, I still like our chances. If it's Braun and AD, I'm that's out. just gonna be real. That's yeah, I'm out. I fold. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm good. But I I like what Claudio said. Going three, I could. We're definitely going to take the Celtics. I think we're going to get the Hornets. The Spurs are what really get, really gets me because Spurs are just like that annoying team. Mm-hmm. They're just that annoying team that just comes out of nowhere. It's not even out of nowhere. They just, I just hate it. I just hate, it. they also have a good coach. They play really hard. They do the, they do the same things that we do, but they've been doing it for a lot longer. So they're just more well oiled at it. It's like, all right. You guys are just figured out for this season. We've been doing this for the last pop. How long have you been here? Yeah, that long. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the only concern. I don't, I could see us cleaning going three, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we go two and one at home, losing to the Spurs. I think the Knicks have showed all season that if you beat us earlier in the year, we owe you one. And now this one's at home. So yeah, I will, right. I'll yeah, say I like they owe like the Spurs a win. So yeah, I like it. I was going to say that too. I agree with you exactly on your Lakers take. LeBron. By himself solo, that's a Knicks W. If LeBron ain't AD, it's not going to happen. And that goes on to the system bet, Alex. First uh, big star comes back first game, just 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 fade them uh, and just go with your gut there. Then we got the Spurs and the Knicks. I'm going to that game, so it's obviously going to overtime. I apologize in advance. John, so John's been to <laughs> both games. He's been to two games. He went to both the Memphis game, which went into OT, okay. and it was at the Hawks Pelicans. game that went into OT. Oh, God. The Pelicans. You're going to both was games. Was it Pelicans? Pelicans. Pe- oh, Pelicans. Pelicans. The Pelicans. I also went so, to wow. So you went to that game. Jeez. Yeah, I went to four games this year. I went to at Philly, and then I went to Pelicans, Hawks, and, geez, what was the last one I went to overtime? Memphis. Memphis. Yep. That was the last one. And then Spurs is my last uh, regular season game. Okay. Good. So, so that, expect that oh overtime. Oh, no. Like, that's a, that's a That'll go into overtime. But Man, I, I, honestly think, I honestly think – Playing for I, a late I, night on Thursday is what you're saying. Yeah. And I, go, gotcha. I fly to Miami on Friday. So that should be oh. good. Yeah. That should be, okay. that should be, that, that should be good. So I'm, I'm hoping to leave with a good taste in my mouth. I do agree with you, though, with the split. I think we're going to beat the Spurs. To be honest with you, I don't think we're going to beat the Hornets. I think you guys are – Kind of throwing them aside. They give us trouble every single year for my whole life, but also this year. And with Lonzo coming back, he's going to be in full shape by then. We're probably going to be looking ahead to the Celtics because I'm sure that's going to determine everything for us. Mm-hmm. So, so you I'm see them go, being the five seed then? Okay. I'm gonna know. I'm gonna go three and one with the Hornets' loss. So the Hornets losses, okay. Which gets yeah. them the four seed? Which gets them the four seed? I think it's all going to be on the Celtics. I think our our playoffs are going to start that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some, that. That's how I see right. it. Some quick yeah. scoreboard watching, by the way. Uh, Atlanta won, and the Spurs are killing the Bucks right now. Oh, man, I remember. I remember that 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 sliver of hope. I know it was ridiculous, but uh-huh. I had that like sliver of hope of just like staring at the Bucks. Like, yeah, what are you guys too. doing? What are you guys yeah. doing? Well, what are the Bucks doing? And they can win out and get the two seed. And here they are, they're about to lose to the the Spurs. 
They don't want Boone Olser there anymore. Let's just be real. <laughs> if that's the case, then yeah, lose out, get lose to the Heat in the first round, and then there's a, you lose, get you get your wish. The <laughs> they're gonna lose in the playoffs. They, man, yeah. We'll see. Giannis, Giannis can be so easily figured out. It it hurts. <laughs> it hurts how easily he's figured out. Figured out is. I'm actually I'm a Giannis defender. I actually okay. don't think he's ever been fully figured out. I think. Like what the what Tibbs does is like we're gonna make somebody else beat you. Yeah. Um. I think what Spolster did was like force Eric Bledsoe to beat you. Couldn't, you know. And that Raptor series, they were up two zero, and it took double overtime in Game Three to beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And then, like Fred Van Vliet decided, I'm just done missing for the rest of the series. <laughs> Dude, one insane. If that happens, nobody was beating the Raptors, which ended up being what happened that season. So I actually think the Bucks are a little underrated at this point. However, mm-hmm. if like you said. They lose in the first round, then maybe they are actually who we thought they were, and well, we thought they were. Yes, and we we let them off the the hook. (laughs) And with that note, because we're going to talk about football team, let's take a quick break and then get into our New York Jets. There you go. (laughs) 